we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. and welcome to this episode of Should Theory. I have more exciting stories for you about shift and following your own path. Today, I have Lindsay Carrick-Weichel with me. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Excellent. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to hit the road with your story. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, hi, everyone. I am coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. And currently, I work as the leadership de- director of leadership development for Kiwanis International, as well as uh, owning my own speaking and coaching business called Lindsay Leads. That is so great. Kiwanis is such a great organization, and I, it's so widespread that I feel like almost everybody has had some sort of experience with it. Uh, I'm in uh, upstate New York, and here there is a Kiwanis Ice Arena nearby, and they do um, a lot of really great um, charitable and philanthropic stuff for their local community. So I really appreciate that. So Lindsay, talk to us a little bit about uh, where you were backtracking to whenever you need to backtrack, where you knew there was something you needed to do, something that was itching at you um, to forge your own path and do something maybe a little different than the normal expectations. Yeah. So I graduated with a degree in accounting Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was all well and good. And I was I was doing the accounting thing, but I wasn't really finding joy in it. I was actually kind of miserable. I hated going to work every day. And I was confronted by one of my friends one one day and he said, you know, Lindsay, it feels like you always do what you should feel like you should be doing instead of what you actually want to be doing what do you actually want to do? And <laughs> that hit me pretty hard. <laughs> and I, the more I thought about that, the more I realized the volunteer work that I was doing, uh, working with college students, uh, really drove me. Right. Um, I, I really found a lot of passion in that. And uh, I was really enjoying that type of work. And when I realized I could get paid for that kind of work, I thought, hey, maybe I need to pursue this. And right. that was kind of the turning point for me. Okay. So you're in, you're doing accounting. And um, I guess in that moment when your friend said to you, you know, you're always doing what you should. I think there's a lot of us that are like that, that are rule followers, don't want anybody to be upset with us, don't want to get in trouble. Um So once you got that information and you were able to say, you know, this is what I really enjoy doing, 
what what did you have to do to I guess make that transition or start the wheels rolling um, to walk away from the accounting? Uh, I knew that I was going to need additional education to do what I wanted to do. I needed to go to grad school and that was really scary. I ended up quitting my, applying for grad school, getting in out of state. Um, so yeah, so I, I quit my job and moved out of state for my grad program and got a job working retail to pay the bills. Um, I just kind of got by for a few years Mm -hmm. uh, while I finished my grad program. But, you know, I think back and I'm, I would not change that decision for the world. It was a little bit scary at times, but it was definitely the right move. (laughs) That's a good, you know, and that raises a good question. I know um, there are a lot of people who feel like to, to go from something that they had achieved, you know, here you were being an accountant, which is what you went to school for. I've, Mm -hmm. I've met some people who feel like they're now wasting that degree or that training that they've had. Um, and then the other piece of it is to do what you did and get whatever job you can get in your case, retail to pay the bills. Um, they feel like they're going backwards. Did you feel Mm -hmm. that way at all? Did you struggle with that? You know, I did struggle with the whole wasting it situation. Um, I am from a really small town, a town of 600 people. College is a luxury Mm. Um, from where I'm from, I'm a first generation college student. So the fact that I was not only quitting a job that many would deem successful, right. Um, and maybe transitioning into something that was quite drastically different, Mm -hmm. um, from an accounting degree would feel like I was, uh, wasting all of that time and that degree and that money and, and the hard work my parents put in to, you know, help me with that. Mm -hmm. And so I did struggle with that a little bit, but how are your parents with the the decision? They were really supportive. Uh, they knew I was unhappy doing what I was doing. I think honestly, my mom was a little surprised that I went into accounting in in the first place. Right. Um, she knows I'm a little bit more of a people person. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's more of a people person and she's, she sees our similarities. So she was, I think a little baffled by the accounting decision from the beginning, but, um, you know, I panicked if I'm honest Mm -hmm. when I was picking a major. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and listen, kudos to her because there are plenty of parents out there. Um, and, I may get struck by lightning saying this because both my parents are passed away, but there are parents out there who, you know, their child comes to them with, I want to be a blank and they go, Oh God, no, that's too risky. You should do this. And it's not because Mm -hmm. they don't love and support you. It's really because they do love and support you and they want you in something which in their brain is reliable and productive and has good, what fill in the blank benefits, pay scale, whatever it is. Um, so your parents were supportive and that is fantastic. Did you have to move yourself past the, what will the people in my small town think and say? Hey, Tara here. I'm interrupting this podcast because this is a real important teachable moment that I want to just take a minute to point out to the people that are listening. Notice that Lindsay started talking about how hard it is in a small town to 
number one, overcome other people's expectations, but also to not seem like she doesn't appreciate all that was done for her and all the hard work that she put into getting where she was before she made her transition. Now, it doesn't matter if you're from a small town or a big city or whatever the case may be. Making a decision to go against the grain and do something totally different than what people expected you to do is not easy in any walk of life or any way, shape, or form. However, I think it's important to point out here that feeling that Lindsay's talking about, which is feeling very concerned and how small towns can be a little bit difficult and a little bit different because, again, what we said earlier, everyone knows who you are and everyone knows what you're up to, and that can be really, really great and supportive, but it can also be really intimidating. That really lends itself to the thing that I've talked about before, which is changing direction instead of starting over. And that's the thing that Lindsay comes to realize a little bit later here in this episode, which is you don't have to start over, meaning lose everything that you have accumulated, that you have learned, that you have gained over the time that you have put into your education, your preparation, or your career choices or your life choices up until that point where you go to make a shift. So many of us look at it as starting over, like we have to let go of all of the things that we've earned, and that's just not the case. So again, Keep in mind that when you know that you need to make a change, you're not necessarily, you're just changing direction. You're taking your education, your wisdom, your life experience with you in this new direction that you are intentionally choosing for you, your happiness, and your betterment. All right, let's get back to this episode. At that point, I had kind of separated myself a little bit. That's good. I think, um, you know, it, Small towns are a tricky thing because, yes. you know, they, they're such a close-knit, tight-knit group, and that can be a blessing and a curse. Yes. Um, I always say what know? makes them really good can also be what makes them really bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I wouldn't trade the way that I grew up for, for anything, but um, I knew that if I wanted to, to truly do what I needed to do, I needed to put that separation there. Good for you. And, and so I, I kind of... I mean, you know, I still have plenty of people that I connect with um, from home, but I needed to take that next step. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I I did. And and moving away was scary. I went to undergrad 30 minutes away from my small town. So uh, moving out of state was my first big jump. So it was a a change a lot of ways. (laughs) And moving to a a city like Milwaukee, uh, where I did go to grad school, um, was a big change too, moving to such a large place. (laughs) And then while you were in your program, um, were there moments where you're away, you're doing something completely different? Maybe you're struggling because like you said, you were just taking up whatever job you could to pay the bills. Um, Were there moments where you said, what am I doing? I got to go back and get another accounting job. This is crazy. No. Yay. The whole time, the whole time I was like further validating the fact that this was the direction that I needed to be going. And I'm so glad that that was your answer. I I have heard time (laughs) and time again, people say, um, you know, it's amazing once you make the decision, even if the decision is against the grain, off the cuff, you know, odd for lack of a better word. 
it, that it's amazing the weight that lifts off your shoulders, even if you don't have the next step lined up that people say all the time that it's just freeing. And even if you don't know what's next, you know that what's now is the right thing. Absolutely. So keep going. Tell me more of your story. All right. Well, so the more I learned, so my grad program is educational policy and leadership. That's, that's what my degree was in. And so going through that program, being in a completely new place, meeting all new people, uh, being challenged in ways that I'd never been challenged before, all just kind of kept proving to me like, yes, oh my goodness, opening my mind to things that I never thought possible or uh, people that I'd never met before, right? things like that. Um, so it was, it was just a really fantastic experience and it made all of the fear go away. That's wonderful. So once you completed your program, mm-hmm. now you had this new degree and you had this feeling that, that, that volunteer vibe, obviously you're not going to volunteer is kind of the direction that you want to go in. So what did you do? How did you know what to do next? Sorry, I lost oh, you. Are for you a still second. there? That's okay. Did you hear my question? No. <laughs> okay. Let me say it again. So, uh, there you are, you're in your spot. Um, let me just write down editing notes. So I remember that there was a, a little blip there. Okay. Um, so you're, you're finished your program, you have your new degree, you have this master's and you know that going towards that volunteer type helping others career Mm -hmm. path is what you want, but now you have Mm -hmm. to go get it. So Mm -hmm. what comes next? Yeah. So I was very fortunate. I didn't consider myself geographically bound as I was job searching And so that opened up a lot of opportunities to look kind of all over the country. I even looked outside of the country, believe it or not, a little bit. Uh, And I found a job at a small liberal arts school in Southwest Virginia, Mm -hmm. uh, in Roanoke, Virginia. And so I moved there and started working with college students doing leadership development, fraternity and sorority life. Uh, student organizations, all that good stuff at Roanoke College. And uh, that was a really, really great first experience. That's awesome. And so I know that's not the end of your story. So somewhere in there, you said, okay, this is great, but next I'm going to. <laughs> this is Yeah, this is great, but uh I, I realized that being that far away from home, being that far away from family was challenging. And so I started moving back towards the Midwest, which brought me back to Indianapolis. And in every career move that I've made, I have kind of further narrowed what my true passion is. Mm-hmm. And that is leadership development, leadership training, and so, you know, I had the opportunity to do that at Roanoke, but I was doing a lot of other things. And right. then I came and worked for a fraternity headquarters in Indianapolis and I was doing that, uh, but I was doing a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And then I started working with Kiwanis and initially was doing a lot of other things. And now 
I'm really uh, in my newest role, I'm really able to hone in and focus on developing this brand new international uh, leadership development program, which has just completely blown my mind in being able to uh, help develop it and roll it out in its first year. And then starting my speaking business on top of all of that, right? because now my audience has shifted in working with Kiwanis. I'm no longer working with college students. I'm working with more, um, an older demographic. Mm -hmm. And so I miss working with the college students. So now I'm getting the best of both worlds. Most of my speaking engagements, not all, but some of my speaking engagements are with college students. So I still have the opportunity to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, I get to work with this phenomenal organization and help develop their leaders as well. So talk a little bit. I'm really excited about this example that you're giving because it really is very different than um, many of the other episodes that I have had before. And that is that... um, I would say most of my other guests are people who they were working for some sort of organization, company, um, public school, whatever it was that they were working for. And their shift was to get completely out of it. And in most cases, work for themselves because Mm -hmm. they had this passion to be a blank, whatever, an author or a musician or an artist or whatever it is. And what I really like about this example that you're talking about is that it's showing the listeners that making a shift in your life doesn't have to be just you going out on your own into the Mm -hmm. wilderness by yourself. It can be finding a company or an organization that better suits you or Mm -hmm. that gives you opportunities in the wheelhouse of where you're trying to be. It doesn't have to be you on this island alone. So can you talk a little bit about what you found with Kiwanis and how you, um, I guess, found yourself to now this new program and then tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Yeah. So every, like I said, every move that I've made since I've gotten my degree has been really focused on a couple of things. Number one, it had to be something that I really cared about. Uh, it had to be an organization that I believed in. And I had to be feeling like I was going to be able to make an impact on the people that I was working with. And, you know, Kiwanis, as an international service organization that serves children and youth, we're in over 80 countries across the world. Right. Um and what a phenomenal organization to be a part of and to be able to make even a small impact on right, right. Uh, the organization and their members. So that's one major thing that drew me to Kiwanis. Mm-hmm. And then when the most recent international president came on board and said, you know, we do a lot of positional leadership training. We train our members how to be great club presidents and you know, lieutenant governors and district governors and things like that. But we don't really have any personal and professional development training that exists for all members, whether Mm -hmm. they step into a formal leadership role or not. And what would it look like for us to offer something like that to our members? And so I got to work with a a group of nine volunteers, uh, organizational members that, uh, were selected to help create what is now Kiwanis Amplify. And so Kiwanis Amplify fills that void. It's, it's a 
eight module virtual modules mm -hmm. that I hired 40 different content experts to create different content for us. Uh, so eight different modules covering a wide range of leadership like topics mm -hmm. and, uh, they go through the program, the participants go through the program over the course of eight weeks. And then at our international convention, we did an in-person capstone experience where they got to kind of put all of that, everything that they learned into action, as well as infusing Clifton Strengths. I'm a, I'm a Clifton Strengths certified coach through Gallup. Mm -hmm. And so I developed some curriculum to help them better use their strengths um, and infuse that into everything that they learned. That's excellent. Over the course of the program. So in that process from, from accountant to then grad student, and then you find Kiwanis and then through Kiwanis, this opportunity yeah. comes for this, you know, international leadership program. Tell me where in those moments, you talked a little bit about, even though in your grad program, it was hard, it was, you know, financially difficult, uh, geographically difficult. Was there a moment for you or a couple of moments for you in this process where you just had these, I don't know, for lack of a better word, this is kind of woo woo, but these affirmations of like, yeah, this is it. This is the thing. Luckily those things happen constantly. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing to do is go back and look at my Facebook memories from, <laughs> yeah, from like the past decade, basically. Um, and it's so reassuring to be like, yes, that's exactly where I needed to be at that point in time and like watch the progression and watch the build. And then, you know, now, I, I, in fact, I just reconnected with a former student um, earlier this week oh, and, wow. uh, you know, he was telling me how thankful he was to have gone through some of the programs that I led him through and all this kind of stuff and where he's at now. And he feels like he's in a really good place um, due to some of the things that he learned early on. And, and it doesn't get much better than that. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. To hear words like that from a former student. So uh, it, it, it's really powerful to be able to go back and see, okay, I started here, mm -hmm. you know, I, I made a leadership development program at Roanoke college way mm -hmm. back when, and, you know, it was probably pretty rough, but it was the first, <laughs> you know, it was a first go, right? Sure. Messy's better <laughs> than that at all. I say it almost things have progressed from That's there. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, That's this right. is almost really great. <laughs> Every episode, I find some place to sneak in and say, messy is better than not at all. And that's fine. You can yeah, always yeah. improve on it. That yeah. is excellent. So now that you um, look back and like you said, I think that's great what you said about looking back at your Facebook memories, you know, as much as Facebook can be difficult or challenging, one of the nice things that it does do is pop up these pictures or things that you've posted over the years and remind you. Um, mm -hmm. I always talk about an exercise with people that I'm working with where I make them reflect on their accomplishments and write them down. It's almost the exact same thing that Facebook memories does only instead of them doing it on the anniversary of the thing, I have people sit down and just really make that list of everything that they can remember for the same reason. You look back at your memories, watch your progression, look at what you've accomplished, you know, to remind yourself of what you're capable of. Because I think when we do things slowly over time, we forget to appreciate everything that we're capable of and everything that we've done. So I really like that you pointed that out and that 
that Facebook does that for you. So <laughs> now that you are where you are and you're, you know, creating this program and you're speaking publicly to groups and doing all the things, what uh, negative shoulds would you say still creep in now and then? Going back to what your friend said to you about, you know, you always do what you should. Is there mm-hmm. still some negative should today, even with all of the success that that comes and haunts you every now and then? Yeah, I think, you know, some <laughs> sometimes things from other people always creep in. Mm-hmm. Messages from others always creep in. And should you really be doing this? Shouldn't you just, you know, I get the message a lot. Shouldn't you move home? All your family, all of your families back in Illinois, shouldn't you move home? Um, you know, I lost my dad two years ago mm. and he battled illness and shouldn't you move home? Right. And that was, that was a very tough inner battle for me. Sure. Um, you know, he was sick for a long time and it, it would have made a lot of sense right, for me to do that. But at the same time, something told you it's I, not right. I needed, I needed to do what I needed to do. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I think it was the right choice. Right. And so, so I, I think just constantly staying true to myself and moving away from the voices of others is helpful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell us about Lindsay Leeds. Lindsay Tell Leeds. us about your Lindsay well, Leeds. Yeah, program. so I. Yeah. So I started Lindsay Leeds back in 2018. And that was when I, about a year after I transitioned to Kiwanis, and I was really, really missing working with college students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted that outlet back. And so I. Figured, okay, well, I've carved my own path so far. Why not carve another one? Right. I'm happy. I was happy with the work that I was doing with Kiwanis, but there was one piece that was missing. And so, uh, okay, let's find a way to connect that piece. So that's where Lindsay Leans came in. And really, I uh, created this thing so that I could speak about intentionality and change and how important change is in our lives and how Mm. positive a thing it can be. And I, I was really inspired to do that actually by a program that I did with a bunch of college students. And I was asking them about why change was important and all of this. And a young man raised his hand and was in the audience and said, evolution comes from options. And I like my mind was blown when he said that I'd never heard that before. And I thought, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Um, and so that has really kind of been my mantra um, ever since he spoke up and said that. Absolutely. And so uh, that is one of the messages that I try to spread um, far and wide is that evolution comes from options. And if we keep doing things the way that we've always done them, we're never going to get a different result. And so, you know, sometimes we got to stop and take a look around and see what options are available to us. Yeah. And I think having that flexibility or willingness to step back and pivot 
um, or to step back and, and look around and say, okay, that's not going where I thought it was going to go. What's over here? So that's really, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody has that capability. I know there are people, I always say there are people who don't like change unless it jingles in their pocket. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think that is a great, is a great, such a great statement. Evolution comes from options. I love that. Um, so now what positive should get keeps you motivated that I'm guessing it might be what, what you just said, but is there another one, some sort of a positive should that, you know, gets you moving and and gets the spark going? Um, The positive shoulds for me are all about recentering myself and making sure that I keep my eye on the prize. You know, I, I felt like for a while I was feeling the constant need to hustle Mm -hmm. and to continue making jumps and leaps to, further my career even more. Right. And now that I'm in the place that I'm in now, I've had to check myself and say like, you're good. Like you're happy. Like what? you don't need to keep doing this. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't need to keep jumping. Um, so I think, you know, making sure that I'm staying focused on my happiness, that's where my should is now. I should be happy. I should be focused I on that. that. And that's okay to be focused on that. I love that. So now that you've learned all that you've learned and you've accomplished all that you've accomplished, what advice, knowing what you know now, would you give to Lindsay, the accountant? Oh, man. <laughs> Explore those options don't don't just keep going down the path that somebody else carved for you that is huge yeah keep looking you're gonna find something just keep an open mind keep looking keep exploring something's gonna come I love that and then um slightly off from that Mm -hmm. my last one is what is the best advice that you've ever gotten that you still rely on to this day? Oh man, I'm going to go back to that question that I was asked so many years ago of, do you always do what you should be doing or Mm -hmm. do you do, are you open to doing what you want to do? And, you know, regularly asking yourself that. Mm -hmm. I love that. So Lindsay, where can people, I know that, um, let's do this slightly differently. Where can people, if they like what you're talking about with Mm -hmm. Kiwanis, with the International Leadership Program, how can people get involved or participate in that? Yeah. So if folks are excited about Kiwanis Amplify, we are getting ready to launch that program again uh, at the beginning of 2022 for round two. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find information about that at kiwanis.org slash amplify. And Kiwanis is (laughs) K-I-W-A-N-I-S dot org slash amplify. Yep. I love that. And I'll make sure uh, that we have that in the show notes as well as an easy link so that people can find it if they want to. And then, uh, Lindsay Leeds, are you speaking at colleges? How can people listen to you uh, telling them about evolution coming from options? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I have uh, my website set up. So I, I speak at uh, colleges and universities. I speak for companies. I do uh, group strengths coaching as well. So if you're into the Clifton Strength stuff, I love working with groups and teams. Awesome. Uh, so you can find more information about Lindsay Leeds and the things that I do at lindsayleeds.com. And my name is spelled funny. It is. <laughs> so. It's L-Y-N-S-Y. It's not funny yes, at all. Yes. <laughs> I'm Lindsay No Vowels. <laughs> Lindsay No Vowels. I like that. I like that. So, Lindsay, one of the things I like to do as we wrap up is um, highlight some of the great things that you said while we've been talking over the last half hour. Because I feel like as you get in through that conversation, those little gems happen. And sometimes you don't even realize the great things that you've said. So one of the things that you said was that in finding the right spot for yourself, you had to find something that you cared about, that you could believe in, and a place where you knew you could make an impact. And that is such an important thing for people trying to find what that right next step is for them. Those are three really great characteristics to pay attention to. You also said, don't forget to look back at your memories, watch the progression and watch the build because it's a great motivator. You talked about staying true to yourself and moving away from the voice of others when there's doubt happening. You said that your negative should is still things from other people, which is shouldn't you move home or shouldn't you do something that you're not currently doing because it's what someone else thinks there is the right thing for you. But the best advice that you'd give to old Lindsay, I think holds true in that case too, which is keep exploring those options and don't just go down the path someone carved for you. Your positive should that you talked about was recentering, remembering to do that and keep your eye on the prize. And then the best advice that you still do is take an inventory. Do you always do what you should? And are you open to doing what you're called to do or what you want to do? You said some amazing things today, ma'am. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And I do want to say to our listeners, if you loved hearing about Lindsay's story and if you loved the information and the advice that was that was put in here, I would really love it if you would rate and review on your app of choice that you're listening to our podcast on. I love reading the reviews when we get good ones and as we get some really cool ones and I'd be happy to read them here on the show. Lindsay, I'm so glad that you were with us. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. All right. And I'm sure everyone is going to go rush out and find their local Kiwanis and get involved and that would be just amazing. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Have a good one. Thank you so much. All right.